Hello, and welcome to the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and um, today we've got uh, Shelly Paxton, and I'm yeah, I'm going to be very interested to uh, kind of get some of your comments uh, as we do the show, uh, because I think this is a match made in heaven, quite frankly, and that's kind of where I'd like you to comment. <laughs> yeah, just jokingly. Um, Shelly's got a new book out that's uh, called Soul Batical. And I mean, literally, soul, S-O-U-L-B-A-T-I-C-A-L. And it's, it's, a, it's a great book, number one. Um, not uh, that I've gotten into deep dives, you know, looking at it. I've, I've, I've checked the notes on it. But the, more importantly, what its premise is. That's, that's the key here. And just by way of background, I mean, I'm not going to go into a, a big read on her uh, bio, but... Um, she was, and this is kind of interesting, she was a VP of Global Marketing and Brand uh, for Harley Davidson. And you know, in addition to a number of other firms that she's actually worked with, McDonald's, Visa, uh, AOL, that kind of stuff. Um, but she had a, uh, an insight. I'll just kind of put the word insight around this in uh, 2016. And she left, quote, unquote, corporate America, the corporate world, and a lot of this had to do with the journey that led to the book, uh, Soul Batical. So we're going to explore a little bit about you know, that journey as well as the messaging, which I am absolutely in love with, the messaging that is uh, core uh, to, to the book itself. So um, Shelly, welcome to the show. Blaine, thanks for having me. I have to agree. Soul of Business and Soul Batical, absolute match made in heaven. That's my vote. And there you go. Okay. Comment one. There we go. Good. <laughs> so yeah, tell me, I mean, yeah, when you hear the term, the soul of business, and this is going to be an interesting answer because of just the, the topical area here, but yeah, when you, when you hear that phrase, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, for me, 100%, the answer is the people. The people in the business are the soul of business. And I'm so, I'm so excited to dig into this conversation with you because I want to learn more about your perspective on all of this. And the timing could not be more perfect for you and I to be having this conversation because the evolution of my story and my business is to bring this full circle back into companies. So I often use the phrase, the soul of business, like we, the leaders, are the soul of business. And I think there's a lot that needs to change and shift in corporate culture to recognize and support that. So maybe a longer answer than you were anticipating, but but hopefully some good stuff to start digging into. Oh, I mean, the yeah, I'm fond of saying that all an organization is, is a collection of people that are in relationship. I mean, that's, you know, whether it's a family unit or a, a sprawling global enterprise, it's just a collection of people that are in relationship. And obviously the relationships are with each other, but they're also in relationship with vision, with values. They're in relationship with work process. They're in relationship with the chair that they sit on. And to the degree that these relationships work well, you got a pretty good shot at being successful. Yeah. If they're not working well, all bets are off. And I cannot tell you, you know, in the 30, you know, oh goodness, almost 40 years that I've been working in business as a consultant and as, as a business owner myself, uh, the times I've had conversations with people about, we've got relationship problems here. We've got communication problems here. We, you know, no, you don't. You know, what you've got is a, you've got a leadership body or a leadership group that is not paying attention to what they need to be paying attention to. 
which is the quality of the relationships in the organization. So, you know, when you're talking about it, it's, it's people, uh, you know, yeah. you're bringing the choir, my A hands thousand in the per, Well, I know, I love it. And it's funny, right before you and I jumped on, I grabbed something that I had written. So after the book, more recently over the course of, actually I wrote this during COVID as we've been experiencing this pandemic, I wrote what I call a rebel leaders manifesto. And I'm not going to read the whole thing right now, but it, it captured some of what you were just saying. Like I literally, I will read you the first two sentences because I think it's so, it, it's my language around some of what you just expressed. So I say, well, I use some bad words here. I'll substitute the bad word. We no, are powerful. <laughs> oh, okay. So I write, we, <laughs> okay, I love it. I write, we are powerful motherfuckers. We are the leaders of a revolution to bring more humanity to leadership and culture, to celebrate each and every one of us as human beings, not human doings, and to show up every day with more authenticity and courage and compassion for ourselves and others. Our collective impact is a powerful force for change. We are the ripples that become the wave. And then I kind of go on to spell out like, what does that mean? Because I think very much in alignment with how you think, we've got to change the way we work and stop celebrating busyness as a badge of honor. And some of these other metrics that we look at, you know, that I was sort of forced as a leader to look at and stand up to that sort of just like the humanity of this all starts to fall away and we're celebrating burnout instead yeah. of really helping leaders within the organization. So for me, it's like, okay, we've got burnout as an epidemic. Well, that's right away crushing the soul of business right there, because how do you get creativity and innovation and passion from people who are empty? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, this celebrating burnout, I, I mean, <laughs> just vulnerability here, you know, my own story. Yeah. You know, I've got over 5 million miles in the air. I mean, just the, the, mm. you know, the nature of the business, you know, the consulting business, you know, historically you, you go where the client is and my yeah. client, I mean, we had offices in, in, in uh, four countries. So I was on the road all the time. And I used to uh, kind of go, I've got 5 million air miles. Look at that. And it was kind of almost a badge of honor in one sense. And since, well, let's just, you know, since February of this past year, uh, almost coming up on a year now since COVID has, has, has appeared, I haven't been on an airplane. This is the longest stretch in my adult life, literally in my adult life that I have not been on an airplane. Yeah. I have slept in the same bed for a longer stretch of time than I have since I was a kid. And yeah. I am loving it. I am feeling more creative to the point about creativity and innovation. I'm more creative, I'm more energetic, I'm more alive, I'm healthier, I'm eating better, I'm sleeping better. Uh, my dog likes me. <laughs> you know, and you probably my, my like wife, you. My wife is even going, you're home still. And this is good. Yeah. Well, and I think, right, we, we figure out, I think this, yeah, this almost year of, you know, experiencing the pandemic of COVID has really helped us all to understand what matters most to us. Yeah. I can't tell you how many clients have told me similar stories 
And I've had um, quite a number of male clients, especially say to me, or other, you know, other guys in, in different executive forums that I've spoken in say, wow, I've eaten dinner with my family every night. And I don't remember the last time that happened. Yeah. And they realized it was almost like unconscious that they were never at home on the weekdays. It was always a client thing or a working late thing or an entertaining someone thing or whatever it was. And they're just like, it was just the, you know, it was almost like you get on autopilot, right? You're on the treadmill. And then they were realizing like, it's hugely invaluable to have those quality moments with my family. And I get it. Like we're probably getting too much family time in some cases. Right. But just in general, you start to really appreciate and realize, wait, these things that we used to celebrate and we used to be really proud of, are we, are they really worth celebrating? And are we really proud of them? And I think, I hope that this is the beginning of a massive shift in terms of what we decide to create in our own lives and to focus on in business and how we can, I mean, I talk about liberating my own soul. That's my story, Mm -hmm. how we can liberate the soul of business once again, you know, almost in reaction to COVID and the burnout epidemic and all the things that are happening. Cause I, for one, like I am also, I'm probably a 2 million mile flyer, a little bit further behind you. Um, no, and I don't want to, right. I remember the George Clooney movie, right up in the air. And like, that was his whole life. And I think about that. And, and that actually, the message in that movie is absolutely the message of what I woke up to. And that is, I feel like one of the things we celebrate where the soul is missing is that you get to the top of the mountain. Like there is no sexier job in marketing than being the chief marketing officer of Harley Davidson. So I got there and I was like, oh, is this all there is? I work for this sexy, iconic global brand. I'm riding motorcycles around the world for God's sake. And yet on the inside, I felt like I was dying a little bit inside. And I realized I was living someone else's dream. Mm -hmm. And what came to me more specifically, I was living my dad's dream. And that's a lot, you know, a bit of what I talk about in the book. But what I realized is this distinction. I was like, oh, actually, I'm not successful because successful by traditional standards is like ticking all of these boxes that are from the outside in, not the inside out. And if we really want to talk about the soul of business, I say it's focusing from the inside out because I felt success empty, not successful successful the way I now define it and the way I talk about it in sabbatical and in the, the coaching that I do is success plus fulfillment. So it's success F U L L you're full from the inside out. So that to me would be another way of articulating what I think the true soul of business is that we would all be these successful leaders and we would celebrate successful cultures. I love that. You know, the, the tagline on your book, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. And there's, there's I mean, that, that whole idea of fulfillment inside out. 
Um, I mean, I stumbled on this years ago when I started paying, you know, playing with this notion of soul. Um, in the book, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business, uh, compassion is, is rooted in connection. And so the question is connection to what? Well, connection to the soul of the enterprise, connection to the soul of my life, and, you know, and not in the spiritual or not in a religious sense, but in a spiritual sense. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a spirituality to this that is a, about aliveness. You know, when I access soul, I, by definition, am accessing aliveness. And when you look around, and this is, you know, kind of the, the uh, uh, rebels, uh, corporate rebels guide here, when you look around at most organizations, and this is what got me into, into the business that I've worked with, uh, most organizations that I was working with were toxic. They were toxic to the human spirit. You know, they were yeah, insistent on people complying with certain uh, structures, and don't tell me what to do, do what I tell you to do. Uh, I mean, all you know, there's fascinating things here, but the, the life got squashed out of people. And then they would go home when the whistle blew and um, all of a sudden they became alive again. It was kind of like, well, why weren't they alive at work? Well, because workplace of today, you know, typically has not paid attention to that. It hasn't fostered it. And from my perspective, the purpose of business, literally the purpose of any business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. Mm. And if I'm doing that, I mean, Harley did a great job. Yeah, when I get on one of those hogs, yeah, I feel yeah, talk alive. about li- Talk about liberation. That's exactly no the business. Harley was in the business of freedom and liberation and yeah. 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 And so it's, it's actually ironic that I had my awakening there because some of the things of living inside there and living my own personal fulfillment just didn't line up because it's a corporate culture. Yeah. Let's talk about that when we come back from this break. What was the schism? You know, just kind of what, you know, what triggered, what was the awareness that led to this next phase of your life and your life, your life and your like? We'll do both of them. So we'll take a brief break. And when we come back, we'll reconnect with Shelly here. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, Shelly Paxton and I were talking about, um, just before we took this last break, her noticing that there was a disconnect 
between what she was beginning to discover about herself in terms of what it meant to live an authentic, rich, full, alive life and what was happening at work. And she jettisoned work in the traditional sense, uh, the, you know, the corporate rebel here. What, what was the catalyst for you? Yeah, the catalyst for me, I mean, oh, there, there's so much in what you just said. I'll start with the catalyst, and then I think there's there's an even um, deeper conversation to be had around, you know, some things that I think could change. The catalyst for me, you know, honestly, is where the book starts, and it was a nightmare that I was having. I was having a recurring nightmare. I... <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy because I wasn't a six-year-old kid. I mean, I was a 45-year-old senior executive at a Fortune 500 company. And I'm even having a nightmare that is waking me up in tears, in full-on sweats, and is starting to just turn me inside out. And what I was seeing in the nightmare, I'm not going to spoil for your viewers or listeners um, because it's an impactful start to the book and everybody has a version of this. Your wake up, I always say the, the, the universe, first it whispers and then it shouts and then it whacks you with a two by four, right? So, or whatever your version of that is. And my getting whacked with a two by four was like, okay, so you haven't listened at all of these other stages. We've been trying to show you and you know, your soul's been whispering, it's been shouting and guess what? Now we're just gonna knock you down. And literally this nightmare happened for the entire final year that I was at Harley. It, it almost incapacitated me because I was so exhausted. I wasn't sleeping. I was drinking a bottle of wine to try to numb, you know, numb myself before I went to sleep in hopes that the nightmare wouldn't happen. What the proxy, so I was seeing this particular distressing event time after time after time. And I finally went and asked for help. I went to see an integrative doctor who diagnosed me with monkey mind and said, have you ever meditated in your life? And I was like, no, I don't have time for meditation, right? Busyness is a badge of honor. I don't have time for meditation. Like, don't you know, I work from 6.30 in the morning until like 9.30 at night and I run a global team of 200 and some leaders. And, you know, of course, I believe most people listening to this have a version of that story, right? And from your nod, Blaine, I'm guessing you do as well. And so I got into meditation for the first time in my life at 45 years old. And as I sank, it was hard for me. It was really, really hard. I talk about that in the book. It's like, hey, listen, I don't want to say all this stuff is easy. It's hard work, but it's also the most rewarding work I've ever done in my whole life. So just starting with meditation, I started to listen deeply. I started to listen to my soul's message and I started to understand the nightmare. And what I was seeing was a proxy for my, you know, my soul basically dying before me. It was screaming out, listen to me, love me, nurture me, feed me. It was like, it was like shriveled up and dying. And that was the big catalyst moment when I started to understand that I'm like, I started to ask myself the question. And I asked this to a lot of my clients. I specifically said to myself, do you still want to be feeling this way when you're 50? You're less than five years from 50 years old. Is that really like, do you want to have these regrets? You know, and I often ask my clients, like, if you continue to live or actually, 
Yeah. Well, let's use that one. You know, if you continue to live the same way you are right now for three, five, 10 more years, are you moving closer to who you want to become or further away? And for me, it became so clear that I was on someone else's path. And every day I was making a choice to, um, not live my truth. And yeah. so I discovered this was my big turning point for like, oh, now I understand rebellion because I started to realize that actually authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. Mm -hmm. And so how can we bring more of that into our lives and our leadership, right? And rebel for what we believe in. So my book and this manifesto is all around the concept of, I started learning how to rebel for, which is a really empowering concept. What if we rebel for time off in companies? Because that's how you start to rejuvenate the soul of business. Right now, time off is this payoff for hard work. What if it becomes a prerequisite for smart, wild, creative, innovative work? We yeah. have a whole different conversation. What if self-care was on the C-suite agenda? What kind of conversation would we be having around the cultures we want to create? So I started really thinking about what does it mean to rebel for? And I knew I had to go on my own journey to start dissecting all of this and even understand my own truth so I could start to live it. And that's what led me to leave my job. I thought it was for a year. I didn't know what path I was on. I didn't realize that this was sort of my own hero's or heroine's journey, um, and I didn't realize that ultimately it would bring me back into the corporate space, you know, four and a half years later to be kind of talking about the soul of business like you yeah. are right through, through the soulbatical lens. And it's been a really beautiful journey. The one thing I will say is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about having this dialogue around the soul of business is because I don't believe that you have to leave your job. Right. So yep. that was, that was my personal journey. And I get this question all the time. It's like, well, what if I'm not independently wealthy and I can't leave my job? I was like, well, first of all, I wasn't independently wealthy and I'm still not. <laughs> and I, I made a choice because it felt life or death in the moment that I needed to do this exploration. What I didn't understand at the time was that I was meant to go on this journey. So I could be on the mission that I'm on now to liberate a billion souls and write the book and start the business. And all ultimately, you know, be having phenomenal conversations like this with people like you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The catalyst, I mean, you talk about the heroine's journey. <clears throat> I think for every one of us at some point in our lives, we do reach that, that, that point. And I love your distinction. And I, I'm going to steal this <laughs> with, with permission here. Uh, the, 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 the distinction between re rebelling for something mm. as opposed to rebelling against something rebelling for something by definition is generative it yes. has a for the sake of what attached to it that is uplifting yeah and that is different than rebelling against and i'm going to i mean the way that i define leadership is it's the process of co-creating coordinated movement in a system mm. two pieces co-creation and coordinated movement co-creation is ownership transference and coordinated movement we're dancing to the same piece of music yeah. uh hopefully not stepping on each other just how we're doing it. Um, but the co-creation, co-creation very rarely is sustainable when it's against something. 
it's far more sustainable when it's for something. So if we're looking at shifting the nature of how business is conducted, rebelling for is, yeah. I love that as a meme. It is it's brilliant. It really is. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I've kind of built my whole brand. So just, just you know, give a girl a little attribution, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I <laughs> built my whole- <laughs> yeah, I, I built my whole brand and business on this whole idea of Rebel 4. Literally, when I think about my brand, it is about that concept. And yeah, I would I uh, use it, please, because I really want more of us to be thinking like that. Because you're right, it is, it's empowering. Whereas I realized so much of my life as a re rebel was rebelling against, which is disempowering. And it's on someone else's terms. And it's like, you know, banging your head against the proverbial brick wall, right? Instead of going, no, wait a second. If I just do this pivot, I can rebel for what I believe in. And I talk about it in these terms. I say rebel for who you are. This is by the way, what my whole podcast is built on. It's called rebel souls. And it's all about people who are rebelling for who they are, what they want and the impact they want to have in the world and, and changing culture and creating movements. And so I want to see us do more of that inside companies because I think it will radically transform um, company culture. It'll radically transform innovation and creativity and what we can get out of our, our um, leaders. And I just feel like we'll have healthier people you know, at the helm of companies, if self-care, for example, is actually a metric, right? Yeah. Are you taking time off? Are we all making a commitment that we don't, you know, mm -hmm. email, unless there's a crisis, we don't email after a certain time at night and we're, it's actually forbidden to email on weekends, right? Unless we're dealing, we all know what the crises are, but I think it becomes the norm and then you can't get out of the, you know, the vicious cycle. Yeah. So I think those are, those are so important to me. And I mean, you can just like this to me is kind of, I broke these concepts down from the book and put them in this rebel leaders manifesto, which by the way, if this is intriguing to anybody, it's available for free on my website. So go and read it and live to it and, and you know, and all that stuff. But yeah, I just, you know, like you, I want to get these ideas out in the world. So more of us are having these ripples of impact. That's what I define as the new ROI, right? Yeah. Ripples of impact that are yeah. generative, and, you know, the ripples become waves. I mean, to that point, um, you know, um, you've done some work with Renee Brown. Yeah, I mean, I think she was one of your mentors at one point in yeah. time. Um, how has her work informed some of the stuff that you're doing? And I mentioned Renee just because a lot of people are familiar with her name, you know, from the yeah. YouTube videos and everything else that she does. But I call her Sister Brene, but she, she doesn't Brene. know that. She is fascinating to me. I, I, um, I had the honor of training with her. Gosh, it was in, I almost said last year, but we're in 2021 now in 2019 toward the end of the year. So pre COVID, um, I was, uh, a cohort who went through her dare to lead facilitator training. So it's, okay. yeah, it's really important and very central to my work. Now, 
I don't do her work as often as I do my work. I've really chosen to focus on sabbatical, but I bring in and give her credit for a lot of the concepts. Like when you think about dare to lead and what does it mean to be a daring leader versus an armored leader? And what do you, you know, what are those leadership principles? I, I use that in my coaching, in my work, and I give her full credit because I, I live and breathe so much of what she, what she speaks. And honestly, like I've just started listening to her new dare to lead podcast. And I'm like, damn it, Brene, you did it again. Like she's amazing. So (laughs) yeah, my top two podcasts are unlocking us and dare to lead both Brene Brown podcasts. But I really, I think daring leadership and courageous leadership you know, and the role that vulnerability plays in both of those are, they, they're part of everything we're talking about. Those are critical to the soul of business. And so I weave those together and I, by the smile on your face, I'm, I'm gathering that you agree. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Preaching to the choir here. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, um, probably LinkedIn and Instagram are the easiest. So LinkedIn is Shelly Paxton and Instagram is at Solbatical. Solbatical has two B's and one T. And you can remember that for the website too, which is solbatical.com. So follow me, you know, let me know how you're living Solbatical in your life. Pick up the book or listen to Rebel Souls podcast if any of this is intriguing. But Blaine, I'm so grateful for the work you're doing in the world too. Thank you, because I think the more of us, who are these ripples will create the waves and change is long overdue. Well, Shelly, thank you for saying that. And it's reciprocated. I, I love what you're up to. And uh, I'd like to have you back on the show at some point in time here. Uh, if you're open to that, because uh, I want to just kind of, there's, there's a couple of areas that we didn't have time to uh, really kind of go into in a little bit more depth, but I'd, I'd like to circle back with that. Yeah, let's do it. Great. Good. Well, you've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Um, Shelly Paxton's my guest today, um, transformational coach, speaker, and author. Pick up her book, Soul Badical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.